Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, SGS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you Santa Claus in his 76ers cap, as well as the best guests in all of true crime, and yet again, a new and final set, at least for now. Uh, please let me know what you think of the new cleaner background that reps not only best guests, but STS Nation. And I, as I like to say, best guests, better community. You see that right over this shoulder. And that's why I would not be a weatherman because I don't know how to point. I am not T-Pain. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all of STS Nation. Uh, someone had a comment about... Uh, about it i'm looking for it right now i'm looking for it right now i'm looking for it right now uh i'm looking i'm looking i'm looking and uh can't seem to find it uh phil waters first question how are you feeling a few weeks after your knee replacement surgery oh about uh two weeks two and a half weeks in and um i'm back in the bunker here in texas so uh been able to you know, climb the steps down into the bunker. And so it, uh, I guess it'd be go down. You don't climb steps downward. Right. So, mm. uh, traverse the steps into the bunker and things are going well. Uh, actually, um, uh, kind of ahead of schedule, I think in terms of physical therapy and recovery and all that good stuff. So yeah, it's good. Thanks it for asking. You look fantastic, Phil. Uh, Rock Schaefer Scissors. I love that. Revised Studio Premiere. Woohoo. Uh, haven't had time to set up the. Uh, oh, Scott looks so cute from Deep Thinker Deb. I hope. Um, I uh, am still going to have that wide shot of my mother screaming at me. Just haven't had time to set it up. But uh, this is much cleaner, much crisper. I asked the COE, what do you think? Because she didn't see it yet. And she said, Scott and Phil are waiting. That was her answer. Um, so much love, so much love from her. Uh, hey, Phil, Scott, and Joel. How are you, Jilly Bean? Glad everyone is here. Sorry to hear this, Elena Garcia. I've been homesick all week. That led me to become, oh, that I'm happy to hear. Becoming an STS fan and becoming a member. Can't wait for the live Christmas show. Uh, we'll likely still be sick. Don't think that way. Think like Phil Waters. Don't think like Joel Waldman. Think you're going to be healthy and strong with a brand new knee. Um, and that is a reminder this Monday is Christmas. Merry Christmas to all who celebrate. Uh, I was speaking with Carm. I think I've told you this story before. I have been addicted to a radio show called Coast to Coast AM with the legendary host Art Bell. And they always do live shows on the holidays. He says not everyone is with somebody. And I thought it would be very nice if Carm and I did a Christmas live show because we don't celebrate the holiday. Um and we'd love to be with you guys. So that's what we're doing at 2 p.m. Eastern on Monday. It is going to be live uh, Christmas with Carm, Christmas with Carm. Uh, for those of you who uh, would like to support us, Patreon and YouTube are the two ways. Uh, please, on audio, thank you, Mish Cavernos, uh, coming to us from Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, please, if you're listening on audio, please listen to the audio platform. And uh, love the Christmas hat from Erica. Please listen on the audio uh, platform, Spotify, YouTube, Audible, those. And please give us five stars. Uh, the merch store is open. The COE has been working on that. A uh, quick reminder, uh, next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, this few days from now, 
Uh, we've got someone inside the Adelson circle who knows, went to high school with Charlie and knows Wendy even better. And uh, they're going to come on one-on-one -on -one for the hour. And uh, this weekend, I'm interviewing Charlie's old dental hygienist. And we're going to air that while the COE and me and my kids are in uh, Canada freezing our behinds off. Uh, why I'm going to cold weather, I have no idea. I hate cold weather. Phil Waters, do you like cold weather? Um... I and I don't really, mean I don't mean Houston cold. I mean like Montana or Canada cold. Well, I wouldn't say I like it. I mean, I grew up in Oklahoma. We had real seasons, you know. We had uh, snow and, and all that good stuff, and I I enjoyed it. I liked it, sure. I've, uh, but I mean, in terms of preferences, obviously everybody knows where I have. We have chosen to uh, kind of put our roots down for the extended period. So, uh, you know. That would be Hawaii, everybody. Scott Duffy, there's so much to talk about with you. Number one, go 76ers. Uh, and yep. by the way, uh, I don't want to name drop Scott Duffy, but I do know. So I used to be a UFC addict, and those were in my media days. And back then there was a guy who would get me uh, media access because he worked. He was a vice president of the UFC, but he has not now gone on to become the vice president, executive vice president of the 76ers. So I should wow. introduce you. And um, – Maybe, just maybe, uh, he'd get you guys some ticks one of these days. Um, but let, tell me what's going on. There's so much going on. They've got the hat, that beautiful coat. Uh, and then what's happening? Is that Spider-Man I see? My son would be very jealous. Are the, is that Spider-Man climbing? Or is that Santa Claus? I can't tell. It's very. It's Santa Claus. That would be Santa Claus. Oh, okay. Yep. And, Climbing up to get to his reindeer, or what's going on there? He, he's he's climbing to get out because he's been kidnapped. Hmm. He looks a little bluish. That's why I thought it was like a you know you were spoofing and may have had a little. But what's going on further back there? This is wild. Yeah, we got my snowman. You're right. I'm my snowman Christmas tree. Have um. <clears throat> have a little fire going back there. We have my, you know, soldiers, nutcrackers, mm -hmm. whatever yeah. could fit back there. And and then what's the rest? Is this the main? Wh where's the main kind of Christmas room? Like where is it? The living room? Like where's the tree? Yeah, I would where? say it's the, our living room up upstairs. Upstairs, we have our. Big do you have Christmas seven? Tree. Do you have seven floors, Scott? No, I I I live or we live in a nice little fifteen hundred square foot hundred year old home. Mm. It's done us well. Mm. Yep. Well, there good. you go. Phil Waters. Like Santa's disco in the North Pole would look <laughs> like for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's better than what he once said about my set <laughs> that it looked like hell or an inferno. But um <laughs> Phil Waters, do you do you put up your own Christmas decorations, and where do you do this? Are you the man who organizes the home? I feel like you are, but you probably couldn't do it with your knee. What happened this year? Uh, in terms of Christmas decorations, that kind of thing. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I would I would tell you this year we are very very uh, low profile in that regard. Uh, not mm. able to get out on the ladder and put the stuff up on the house and. And all of that, and and our, you know, we go to our uh, youngest daughter's home for Christmas, 
And so the Christmas decorations around here have kind of diminished over the years because it's just it's just us. And uh, so we've uh, we've kind of cut back on that. Hmm. Uh, guys, please let me know what you think of the new uh, sort of cleaner set here. And, and your daughter, Phil, does she live in Houston? Or are you traveling again? You can't travel with your leg, right? No, she, uh, our youngest daughter, Jennifer, she and her family are in Houston in a set, an area called Bunker Hill. And uh, our oldest daughter is coming in from Piedmont, California with her family. And then my son is who's now in San Diego with his family. He is going to remain in California over Christmas and his in-laws, I believe are going out there. So we're kind of spread apart a little bit for Christmas, but we were all together for Thanksgiving, which was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, it, it was really, really an awesome gathering of all the that, family. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing to hear. Um, Monique Van Heck, look at this. She's coming to us from the Netherlands. And if that was not enough, Melanie is back. She is uh, in Dubai. And I think last time she told us she is married to a captain uh, for Emirates Airlines, which is supposed to be the best airline. I knew this was going to come up, Scott Duffy. Look at this. Are we going to get to meet Chi-Chi the chinchilla today, Scott? This is now the third week that you said Chi-Chi would be on your shoulder and Chi-Chi is nowhere to be seen. No pressure. No pressure. We no will. Pressure. We will. I'm okay. looking at him right now. He looks like he's um he's he, he wants to make a run for it. Yeah, I have to get him when he's he least expects it. This is a great question from one Jewish person to another. Mish is Jewish in Cape Town, South Africa. Joel, do you ever have FOMO about not celebrating Christmas? Sometimes I do. Um, that's a great question. You know, I think it's changed over the years. Uh, as a kid, it sort of sucks when everyone is getting presents around the Christmas tree and you're Jewish. But you get Hanukkah, which is interesting because they coincide. And on Hanukkah, you get a new present every night for eight nights. So uh, mm. that's the rationale my kids use, even though for Christmas, you probably get even more presents. But they don't know that. And they are off of school for the 397th day this year. And so they're not watching the podcast today. And so they will never know that. I will never let them know that. Uh, but my uh, four, soon to be five year old, J Max, saw one of those massive. By the way, anyone who's tuning in for true crime, this is the point where I'm always wondering what are they thinking, the new people. But needless to say, you know, it's one of these Christmas trees, uh, like pop up stores on the side of the road. And there was a giant Santa Claus. I mean, like 50 feet in the air, inflatable Santa Claus. And my kid lost his mind. And uh, there you go. So I think he was probably wishing that he was with Santa Claus, as I like to call him. Jody Arrington, great panel. Oh, great. Oh, thank you. Uh, Mish says, love the new set. Thank you. Mish was a makeup artist uh, with uh, media people. So I'm going to be... Uh, I'm very, very happy to hear that. And Jilly Bean looks very STS. I'm not sure if I know that. Kathy P, this is sort of what I was going for. Very professional, so that makes me feel good. The wide shot will still be crazy. I still need to keep a little crazy. Uh, I love this set. The set looks good. Thank you, Hey Mona. Uh, so every time, by the way, Phil's got like a serious look, so I don't know <laughs> if he's, you know, he's getting ready for the holidays. He's focused. But um. We're going to dive into, uh, as Phil calls him, the evildoer. Every time we do that, of course, it's important to remember 
Kaylee Gonzalez, Maddie Mogan, uh, Zana Kernodal, and of course, Ethan Chapin, the victims in this. And um, there was some breaking news on this yesterday. Since everyone yells at me that I favor Phil, I will go to Scott first to throw off the masses, to confuse them. It's uh, an element of war. You want to confuse the enemy. Scott Duffy. I usually do that out of respect, by the way, because he is America's most respected detective. He's also older than the two of us, and I have, I, I respect my elders. But just to prove the point that I don't favor Scott, I will, uh, uh, Phil, I will go to Scott first. Scott Duffy, the state now has come out seemingly out of nowhere, and they have asked for a summer trial, 2024. And they're citing uh, several reasons. This is in the uh, Moscow murders case. They're saying that Moscow High School is right next to the Lake Latah County Courthouse. It's already caused a ton of problems with parking. And also, if school's in session, it's nearly impossible to get rooms as it is. So how would they help people in the media and, of course, the families and all these other people? Do you think there's any way in hell, this is a high-profile death penalty case, that it can uh, begin this summer, six weeks over this summer. Oh, sure. I, I mean, it's, I look at it this way too, the summer obviously being, being better weather for, for a, what I imagine somebody tell me if I'm different, seems like a cold part of the country. So you want to try to have the best of everything possible. And, and then of course, why, um, why interfere with your school's buses and drop-off and pickups? And and because uh, it will be a media spectacle, so it's it's worth a shot. If uh, the defense doesn't put up uh, stink about it, then I could see it happening. It's not like it's um, it's six months too soon. There's already been a delay, so it's uh, if it was summer of 2023, I would say it would be a slightly different story. But um, no, why? Why not try to uh, use the elements and the and the seasons and and the right time when you expect the least amount of of your local uh, population, and that way you have um, room to put all these media mobile units. There will be a. It will look like a major crime scene with all these mobile command centers. Yes, it I will. The set is okay, but you're always looking down, not as engaging when you're looking up. That's because I'm looking at my notes. Uh, I will have to hang like uh, teleprompter type things. The COE will get right on that off the ceiling. That way I'm looking more at the camera, but I will do my best to stare right at you. Um, Phil Waters, this is a death penalty trial. Is this going to be able to convene this summer it's only uh you know it seems like a million years away but it's probably six seven months away uh do you think that is feasible scott duffy seems to, to think so do you concur with him oh i agree with scott uh, i'm sure the the prosecutors if they weren't prepared uh, to go to trial they wouldn't have suggested such a thing and it sounds to me like it's a wise decision based on just the logistics of putting this particular trial on. So they're trying to minimize the outerlying traffic in that area that's going to, that occurs just by natural means. So they're trying to minimize the number of people that are going to be there and the, and accommodates the people that are there for the trial 
to be able to get rooms and so forth and so on. And so I don't, I don't find it strange at all. I think uh, it, it, it's, it's, we're, we're going on what at that point this summer, almost what, two years? It was the, the November of last year. Yes. Almost yeah. two years. Correct. So um, pretty close to two years. And that's, that's pretty consistent with what I've seen in my experience in terms of of murder trials, capital murder trials. And so I don't find anything strange about their request to try to get this thing going during the summer. I'll bring the COE. Uh, COE, can you tell the world what you think of this new set instead of telling me after that your criticisms? Let's do it for the whole world to hear so we can get our fight over with right now. <laughs> what don't you like? Tell me. It's okay. Hold on, Judah. We're on the podcast. What? What do you? It's okay. That's J Mac. Uh, you unmute your. What do you unmute yourself? Coe. What does that mean? That's okay. What does that mean? It's okay. What do you want? Butterflies flying around. What? I had a mural. Hey, what's up, J Mac? How are you? Do you miss Santa Claus? Look, Santa Claus is on the screen right now. Um, Coe. That's it. It looks okay. That's it. He's gone. Just like the same thing happens in real life. Let me let me ask a question here regarding the set. Is the new studio, is it just gone? No, no, this is the same studio. Just I, I switch. You'll see. There's uh the mural is still up. It's just over here now. And I want to get a oh, second okay. camera, and then you're gonna see, then you're gonna see that. But what everyone would rather see, I think, is this, since it is Christmas. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. That's Scott pretty Duffy. bizarre. Scott, that's Scott Duffy, those okay. <laughs> your panty, Scott, your panties appear to be in a wad there. I told yeah, you you would have some fun stuff for Christmas. Scott, how's your saxophone playing? I can't wait to see that thing hit the interwebs. The haters <laughs> are going to love that one. Scott, um, it looks almost like you have a belly ring there, but I think it could be from the saxophone. But how is your sax playing, Scott Duffy? It's it's uh, My sax playing is not too good, though there is a saxophone in the house. Mm, there is. Okay. Uh, look, the set looks great. I'm obsessed with this, as you can tell. Uh, love Scott's hat. Norway's in the house. Uh, love the set. Christmas is a FOMO holiday. Ha, ha, ha. Um, so, Phil Waters, uh, we'll try to take you seriously. I'll leave this up for a few moments. Uh, I like the new set, Michelle Pretoria says, from, from South Africa, although I miss Carm shouting at you. You're going to see that. We're going to get that back up. I just... Didn't get time to prepare the wide shot. So Phil Waters uh, with a picture of Scott Duffy in, in his panties and a wad and a saxophone sitting on your lap. Please answer the following question. Um, the motions, um, the defense put, uh, had these two motions asking the judge to toss Brian Koberg's uh, indictments. And the judge told him, to get lost. He said basically that there was, it was a creative attempt by the judge uh, to do this, but it didn't quote unquote pass muster. And here's a direct quote from judge judge. Koberger was indicted by an impartial grand jury who had sufficient admissible evidence to find probable cause to believe Koberger committed the crimes alleged by the state. Further, the state did not engage in prosecutorial misconduct, and presenting their case to the jury. Is it any surprise to you that Judge Judd said, get lost to the defense about that? 
No. Didn't think so. How come? Open-ended question. Well, the I, I believe I read where they were um, trying to get this indictment dismissed because there was not evidence beyond a reasonable doubt, I believe is what their phrasing was. And I'm just kind of fascinated by that because as the judge said, the indictment is only required to have probable cause. So this business about trying to try this trial or this case uh, during the indictment phase or the grand jury phase was, I think, I mean, and we've been seeing this from the defense. These are just Hail Mary passes, and they're just trying to see if they can get this judge to make some sort of motion in their favor, and he's not going to have it. I mean, he he knows they're operating uh, outside the boundaries, and and uh, so he's he's telling them pretty clearly that, and they they know this. I just think they've just got such a I think they've got a, an uphill climb on this one, and I guess we will see once this trial starts to see the full scope of the evidence. But uh, these are these are just uh, typical. I don't find them strange about what the defense is trying to do and trying to get indictments quashed and that kind of thing. Their their legal reasoning doesn't have any foothold. That's that's their problem. By the way, Chris and Grogan, Joel, and you got those awesome sneakers. So there was an event this week with uh, Ruth Markell, and I was presented I'm about, from this person right here, Sam I Am, who's telling me that the set is too dark. I can never win. I will try to brighten up the background. Look at this. Look at what I got. These are custom-made STS sneakers. Look at this. This is unreal. <laughs> These are by a company here in miami called reed revez shout out to reed revez reed revez reed revez they're on instagram and they made me these sneakers they're uh there's a logo is on there the crime scene tapes on there sts nation it says best guests on there and uh you see sts nation true crime they're pretty sweet aren't they i love them phil and scott couldn't care less um scott duffy do you like my sneakers, Scott? I do. I was wondering if they're going to wind up underneath my Christmas tree on mm. Monday morning. That'll be awesome. That'll be great. Uh, I'll have to see. <laughs> they're they're hand painted, by the way. Uh, a lot of work. Um, the the judge went on to say the grand jury is not a trial jury. Its function is to screen whether or not there is sufficient evidence to proceed to trial. Now the defense alleged that the prosecutors were withholding evidence that could aid Brian Koberger in defending himself and that that biased the grand jury and that the grand jury was given inaccurate instructions and that uh, they used the wrong standard of proof, yada, yada, yada. Scott, what is really going on here? Why is the defense doing this? Was this, was this just a Hail Mary to say, hey, let's see if we can get this guy off or at least re get things restarted on a better foot. Is that what this was? No, I think they're just putting a lot out there leading up to the trial, whenever the trial takes place. One thing to stay, stay um, in, in, in the media that um, they're, they're, you know, I'm constantly listening. making their defense and 
and and they keep repeating the same old song the fact that uh the uh, the grand jury was this or was that so i just think every couple of months this defense pops up and and uh especially in a grand jury you do not need to put everything it's just enough just like in an affidavit you just put enough through and and uh, withholding evidence just doesn't exist in the grand jury they get what they get it's enough where the prosecutor believes it's enough for that for for the grand jury to make a a qualified decision and 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 uh, vote uh for the bill and and then the trial is the is where everything comes out so nope i just think this is just yet another failed attempt at the um for the defense trying to to say that this should have never happened Look at this. I'm trying to fix the lighting during the actual show. It's not. See how you get that glare on there? Uh, it's mm-hmm. impossible to fix. So that's why I'm getting rid of this light. Um, working it all out in real time. But there we go. We'll have to get a little more light. I agree with Sam. I am on the back, but it's always a work in progress. Uh, Phil Waters, 1122 King Road. That is the now infamous home in Moscow, Idaho. Um, and for whatever reason. <clears throat> They are hell-bent, the university is, on demolishing this house on December 28th. What do you think of that idea? And then I'll tell you what Zana's mom had to say. Well, I I would have to say, I think what I've read about this, though, is that I don't think the, um, I don't think anybody on the legal side of this thing is objecting to it. I didn't read anywhere where the prosecutors or the defense uh, we're going to object to this this house being destroyed. If if there was some objection, I didn't see it. Maybe it's out there somewhere. But as long as the both sides are in agree in agreement that they have the evidence that they need, and the defense, uh, you know, maybe the defense has rethought their strategy if they were thinking about wanting the jury to go through the house. They may have rethought that and decided that maybe that doesn't bode well for us if we were to suggest such a thing. And I can understand why the university wants to get this thing flattened. And uh, I think they're going to build a a memorial park of some kind. Uh, and so on that location and... To me, it just doesn't, it's kind of a push. I don't, I don't, as long as both sides are satisfied, they have all the evidence they can glean from this thing and the defense isn't pushing to do a walkthrough with the jury. I I say, tear it down. Take care of it. Wow. It's really not the answer I was expecting from Phil Waters. I thought as a, as America's most respected homicide detective, he was going to say, leave that up. That's evidence. I want the jurors to walk through it. It reminds me because of the Alec Murdoch trial. They lived at this huge estate out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, the jury did do a walkthrough of what is known as Moselle. And some jurors, uh, I think it, you know, it influenced them. Space Coast, by the way, on the West Coast. Can we get a cutout Carm that's wagging her finger at you in the corner? Space Coast, you and I are going to put together this two shot. Uh, and you're going to help me with this lighting because I don't know how to light this properly. Um, but, yeah, you'll see Carm waving uh, the finger at me for sure. That house should stay up for the jury, to be honest. Well, Zanaker Nodal, 
uh, one of the victim's mothers, her name is Karen Northington. She uh, has come out and said, and I quote here, my daughter was murdered in that house and there's no way they should be destroying any evidence. Uh, that is what she wrote. And there's a, a change.org petition out there right now, change.org petition to leave that house up. Scott Duffy uh, of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, what say you should um, look at this from Blackwador. Wow. Phil is looking fine in the Republic of Ireland. Look at that. Um, Scott Thank Duffy, should, should it stay or should it go? That's the thumbnail. Should this house stay or should it go? I I agree with Phil here. The, you know, it comes down to two parties, the defense and the prosecution. If both are on the same page, they've gone in over and over and over again. Let's let's take more pictures, videos, whatever it is that they're doing to prepare for court. If that th that's that's what it comes down to. And so if if it's an issue because the university is pushing to have it demolished so they can begin uh, a memorial, then then so be it. It's, it really comes down to if, if it, I would agree that it should stay if there wasn't if both parties weren't 100 percent. And uh, if they're on, you know, some, somebody may have something up their sleeve to say, oh, now we can say now that it's down during a trial, I wish we could have, should have. But um, it's it's it comes down to those parties. It's the prosecution is going to put on their prosecution and they're going to do it in every which way possible. And the defense will do everything that they need to do. And ultimately it comes down to not. Not every jury gets to walk the scene. It's it's it it um, you know it comes down to the judge and and both parties. So yeah, we can we can all speculate and and yeah, I can absolutely see the positives of keeping it up, um, but I also see the negatives in, in in keeping it up. And and if both parties right now, it's prosecution and the defense. If if they're in agreement, then I you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, look at this, Scott Duffy from Marcy J. Scott is so cute, followed by, I hope your wife is not watching, Scott, Kay DeMago. Scott, do you ever get angry or raise your voice? You seem so chill. I think this question came up not long ago. What is your response, Scott Duffy? No one has ever asked Phil Waters that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely have, can raise my voice. Yeah, it's um, come driving with me sometime. <laughs> You'll see. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Phil Waters, this is an interesting question from Sam. I am. If Bra Brian is found ultimately innocent, can he sue the state for what he's going through right now? Well, <laughs> we live in a litigious society, and he can do whatever he wants to do. He won't. Uh, there will be nothing gained by it. Um, and he won't be found innocent. He'll be found not guilty if that is a, that's the possibility here, right? None of us are innocent. So if he is found not guilty, then uh, he needs to, if that happens, he needs to relish that and move on. Now, I'm sure there will be some lawyer that will jump up and say we need to sue everybody and try to make a buck off of it. But I, you know. You don't think in order for him to to gain any 
any kind of compensation for his being charged and being jailed and, and so forth and so on, uh, at least in Texas, I don't know what it is in Idaho, but in Texas, he would have to show absolute innocence. And in order to get any kind of compensation through what they may have been through in terms of the legal process. So I, I just, I, I, knowing what we know now about evidence, about the evidence that we know about, I, I don't see how he gets acquitted, but you never know what a jury is going to do. So we shall see hopefully this summer. Uh, look at this beach bum. I'm going to try, by the way, I just fixed the lighting. Uh, Sam, I am. Let me know. What you th I just lightened up the back. It was a very uh, furtive, quick move on my part. I flipped around a floor light and tell me if that looks better. Thank you. Uh, by the time this is all said and done, I will be a certified set designer. Um, beach bum says I'm going to try to attend this trial. I can report in. Well, I'll tell you what. I was just talking to Tim Jansen and Steve Cohen, and we are going to go this summer. We're going to cover this trial. We are going to be there for this trial. So we're going to see Beach Bum out there and uh, hope that everyone tunes in uh, to check it out. Uh, the real question here, Scott Duffy, uh, Phil said the state will be ready. Is the, is the defense going to be ready, do you think? But first, let me read a quote from the University of Idaho president about the home. He says, it is the grim reminder of the heinous act that took place there. See Scott Green. He's the president. While we appreciate the emotional connection some family members of the victims may have to this house, it is time for its removal and to allow the collective healing of our community to continue. Scott here, he says the emotional connection, but I think there's more than an emotional connection here. We're talking about uh, evidence in a case, in a murder case, in a quadruple murder case. Scott Duffy is uh, are his remarks missing the mark a little bit do you think no no i i mean it's it i agree in the sense that you have um tremendous amount of emotions of course a, a horrible crime was committed in that house and but um you know they they purchased it for a reason they i i i imagine they are in consultation with who they need to be in consultation with that that very much to to honor what has taken place while at the same time you know not allowing it to be a spectacle or you know for for just people to come by and so i i yeah there there will be no decision that will go unpunished here right you can keep it up and you'll have a tremendous amount of support and and uh, naysayers, and you could take it down and put a beautiful garden, whatever it is that they will do to honor the victims and still have your. But I, I go back to it comes down to the defense and the prosecution. And if they feel they are both ready to move forward without the house, then then it really is up to the owner here being the university to to move to move this forward. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, Phil Waters, she spelled your name or he spelled your name wrong. Run, Forrest, run. I'd like you to respond to this. Uh, run says Phil might be the Scrooge. He looks very grumpy today. I hope the knee is good. Uh, any, any comments for run, Forrest, run? No. Okay. 
Uh, that's what I thought you might say. Uh, Sam A.M., <laughs> I don't know that I understand this question. What state is surviving the survivor in? Uh, what state mm. are we in? Or like, what's this? Our state is always in flux. Um, we're always one step away from a massive disaster. But we're in Florida. But Sam, if this is maybe this isn't who I think Sam I am is, and maybe I'm confusing it. Uh, I thought Sam I am. So we're in Florida, if that's what you're asking. And this must not be who I thought Sam I am was. So apologies. Uh, there's some weird energy in the air today. No denying that, but I like it. Uh, we're getting close to the holidays. I think everyone is wiped out. I told the I told the COE we're going to Canada to take the kids to cold weather next week. And I said I would actually like to just chill out for a few days. Um, by the way, I heard it's so cold there you can't even ski, which is what the kids wanted to do. So we're probably going to sit in a hotel room. Um, the how many of that? There are five of us, uh, minus Ethel, and we'll probably just sit in a hotel room that's one fifteenth the size of Scott Duffy's home and stare at each other. And I'll probably lose my mind and I'll have to put headsets on. Scott Duffy, the defense actually went and visited the home, the state did too, just very recently. But the defense went there so lawyers can gather pictures and measurements. What are they really doing there, Scott Duffy? What is the defense team doing in that house? Oh, they're they're doing the same thing that that the the prosecution obviously had first dibs, right? They from from the time they arrive on scene until the absolute last time that they they felt the need to be in there. And I don't know how many times they went back and forth, but um, no, the defense is it wants to make sure um, that the state did everything they could. They also go in there looking for what whatever things that they can find to support whatever defense they're going to put on. And um, so, you know, just for an example, let's say there's a photo of a room, a wall, an angle that the prosecution is going to admit. And, and then the defense can go in and say, aha, you missed something. And so thereby try to make it look like it was shoddy police work. That it really comes down to, they're going in there to look for something they can hang their hat on to say, we got you looking for that, whatever, yo, you didn't take a picture of a corner or whatever it is, but, um, they're, they're, they're going in as much as, as, uh, the prosecution to, to see that every aspect of whatever is needed to be seen and presented to the jury is, is, uh, is done. So, I, I just think they're doing their 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 client a service to to just keep doing whatever they need to do and make sure they have everything they have. Enough with uh, the evil doer, Robin Ray. Off topic, but hope you all have a wonderful holiday filled with lots of laughter and love. And for all who make this podcast happen, you're the very best. This is who makes it happen: the COE, the mod, Space Coast, Steve Cohen, uh, the brains behind the operation, of course, Scott and Phil. There they are again. There they are again. Now, look, I'm in there. I didn't even know that. Um, it looks like Scott might be in his third trimester there. He is uh, looking slightly. Well, the only, the only issue I have with this is that is not my physique. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> well, that is um, not my physique. Scott appears to have boobies, if I can say that in this photo. And I definitely don't think that's Scott's physique. But this is the meme queen. 
I'm not T-Pain. You cannot mess with the, the meme queen. She put it together. It's her creation. And uh, which one do you like oh. more, Scott? Scott, you like this one more or this one more, Scott? What's your favorite? <laughs> that's that's shocking. That mm. one is shocking. That, that is shocking because if you if you look down, mm. uh, what's what's is it? It looks like is the, the pants are down to the ankles. I don't know what the, what's going on down there. <laughs> it looks like your panties oh are. Oh my gosh! I think it's poetic. Panties are in a wad. That is Phil's saying. Um, but if you can. Go back to our to our family photo. Oh yeah, yes, please, please. Is is it me or are there more hands in there? Like it looks like there's two babies. <laughs> I mean, these look like these look like uh, you know Hunter Biden laptop photos. Hold on, let me yes. swallow that coffee. Um, <laughs> Scott, what I actually love the most about this is your hair. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, I it's it's gorgeous. Yep. Um, how much time do you spend brushing your hair in the morning like this, Scott? Do you blow dry that, or is that just like uh, you towel dry it and it just falls into place like that? One of my many wigs, you know, mm. I try to have it match the tree. It looks like it's. Uh, this is a yeah. yeah. The tree looks like it's dead, right? I mean that. <laughs> <laughs> Waited, waited till the till the trees were all sold, and uh, you know they, this is what they had left for the dead ones. What if someone's tuning in right now? They've never seen this show. Are they reporting us to the FBI right now? Are we being reported? Um, look at this. I love the hairdos. Uh, Ruthless says, "Can you hear me laughing from the UK?" Uh, someone else said, "Laugh out loud." They both have moobs, which would be man boobs. Um, <laughs> I don't get political here, but Raul Thomas like the Hunter Biden photos. Um, can have a little fun before uh, Christmas and New Year's. It's crazy. I feel like everyone is just someone texted me. I, I won't mention her name, Monica Jordan, private investigator out of Tallahassee. And she said, can we stop running around already and just start drinking our wine? And I'm with her. It's time to have a couple of. Phil Waters, are you going to treat yourself to a, a glass of Gentleman Jacks uh, this Christmas holiday? Is there any chance of that? Well, I, probably not. I, uh, mm. you know, my uh, my wife and I just celebrated our forty first uh, wedding. Mazel tov. I meant yeah. to mention that Phil sent us a photo with his bride. Forty one years. Let's give it up to for Phil Waters. Forty one years, uh, Phil. The divorce. By the way, I got to I'll tell you, but go ahead, Phil, and I'm going to tell you a hilarious email. Oh, well, no, I was just going to say, so that would have been the moment for me to imbibe. And uh, so, you know, that's I, I very, very rarely do anymore. But of course, I've got enough. I've got enough gentlemen, Jack, in this house that have been gifts to me over the years. Uh, I could probably stay drunk for probably a month. Mm. Mm. But I'm I not want- going to do that. So. Um, I want to read you guys. This is totally out of left field. I'm not going to say his name. He sends me a lot of emails. This is a little insight into my world of receiving emails. This was after a show we did, and we were talking about Dan Markell being the fantastic father that he was. This email goes on for about seven pages. I'm going to limit it. But um, there was something that one of you said um, related to something that reminded me of this. But 
He says, Joel, great show today with Preston Scott and Steve Webster and the Canadian author who is surprisingly bright with pithy comments. One cynical view. Stephen Webster goes on and on about what a great dedicated father Dan was with pictures of his kids in his office. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, 41 years. That's what made me think of this. Phil Waters has been married 41 years. This is why I'm reading this. So here's the next couple of paragraphs. He goes on to say, every parent of two to three year old kids is enamored with his kids or is it, it's a magical time. Wait till the little effers and he writes it out. Get to junior high and hit puberty and become surly, angry, rejecting little turds, starting to reject their parents. That's why all family TV commercials feature young little kids. The S, the little, it rhymes with bit, the S hasn't hit the fan yet. The divorce rate is still 50%, and it would be a hell of a lot higher if so many people weren't economically trapped with nowhere to go. Most parents or many regret having children in the first place. The pain and hassle is not worth it. I'm in that category. Never wanted children. Neither did my wife nor my ex-wife. <laughs> dogs are enough. Love my two dogs. Hello to Ethel. It goes on for about another six pages. Phil Waters. There's some characters in this world, uh, but basically the moral of this story, according to him, is don't get married and definitely don't have children. I read part of that to my kids as a bedtime story. They didn't really get it. But Phil, are you blissfully married 41 years later? And if so, what is your advice? What's your advice for uh, happiness in, uh, in marriage? Well, we have a Christ-centered marriage, <laughs> and it takes work, and it's about uh, loving one another and respecting one another. And we've had our issues over the 41 years. I mean, no doubt. And so we have, through uh, uh, God's grace, we've, we've uh, weathered the storms. And now we find ourselves in a place where we've got, uh, you know, three beautiful children. We've got nine beautiful grandchildren. And uh, despite all those things that, that people go through growing up, it doesn't diminish any of that love for them. So, um, you know, this, this cynic that's talking about, you know, didn't want kids, don't have kids, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not one to use the word pity, but that guy, uh, he's pitiful. And, uh, <laughs> you know, what a, what an unhappy, uh, person he must be. And mm. so I've always talked about, uh, being blessed and, and the cup for us, you know, you're asked, is it overflowing? Is it, is it half empty or half full? And for us, it's always been overflowing. And even through, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly, you know, as long as we're consistent with trying to follow God's plan and quit trying to convince him, at least in my case, trying to quit convincing him that let's take a look at mine. Uh, and I've done that over the years and, and I've been, I've seen how uh, foolhardy that is. So I, um, uh, you know, my wife, they don't, I think I've said it on here before, but they don't call my wife, St. Sandra for nothing. Hmm. So she uh, looks like a saint in the photo you sent me. She really does. She looks like yeah, a very, she's, sometimes she's, you can just tell, you know, someone she's is a sweetheart. A, she, uh, she is. And yeah. But it's again, like Scott Duffy. You look at Scott Duffy. He just looks like a he looks like a sweetheart, doesn't he? 
Well, I'm not sure that's the word I would use to describe today's look <laughs> in these photos or where he is right now. I'm not sure what what we're going for here, but I'm very conflicted now about Scott. And <laughs> when I'm when I'm up there in April uh, in his symposium, I'm going to have to have a uh, a closed door uh, meeting with, with Scott. Scott, not that I'm inviting myself, but you know what I would love to do? Come up there for that and maybe do a live podcast uh, at the university. That'd be cool, that, wouldn't it? That, consider this an open invitation. I think Thank that you. would be a great idea. Hate to invite myself, but I just did. Ha uh, Marie Hernandez says, happy anniversary, Phil. Takes a lot. By the way, Phil, someone uh, messaged, a couple people messaged and said, you guys talk about way too much stupid stuff on Friday. I wish you would just get to the true crime. Uh, do you have a message for them, Phil, if any? Where did this come from? A couple of uh, hate mails along the lines of this one. That's seven pages to me. about. Well, we, we, I think we get those every week, don't we? At some, yes. at some yes. stage. And, and, you know, I think the last time we exchange text messages about this is, you know, lighten up Francis, you know, mm. I mean, if, if, if you're immersed in that world that you don't want to hear anything else, then maybe you've got a problem. So, uh, you know, these are serious topics and we don't, we don't treat them lightly. And, mm -hmm. but I can tell you that uh, I've talked about it before, certainly as a homicide cop, we had to have a rather dark sense of humor just to help us get through some of the things that we've seen and some of the, the, the things that we've seen people do to other people. Uh, so, you know, if, if that's what they want to immerse themselves in, then go somewhere else. I mean, there's a, there's a thousand podcasts out here, true crime podcasts, and, and they, mm -hmm. they range from very good to ridiculous. And yeah. so conspiracy theories and the facts and, and, you know, so I, You've got your choice mm -hmm. uh, why you choose to hang out with us on Friday and then complain about it. Well, who's the problem in that scenario? So, Very uh, well said, Phil, but only one podcast will be the future halftime show at the Super Bowl, <laughs> and that is this one. Malibu says dogs are the greatest gift to man. Uh, Phil Waters, I know, once again, I'm favoring you over Scott, but... Someone called me out because Ethel sleeps on my bed and I cuddle with her. Do you find that disgusting or does Poppy come near your bed? Oh, no. Poppy's Poppy's in bed with us every night. Th I, I, I'm so happy to hear that. Scott <laughs> Duffy, are your dogs allowed on your bed, Scott Duffy? They're, they're allowed, but the uh, one dog, the she uh, she does not. She does not sleep with us. You know, we've. Mm. Um, and we've tried whatever she wanted to to sleep on beds, but she enjoys her 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 own bed. By the way, uh, Ethel uh, usually leaves. She likes to sleep alone in uh, the extra room and on a beanbag. So she usually starts there, leaves. She doesn't like the noise, and then in the middle of the night she will come back, uh, and then she will lay on my legs, and then I wake up and my leg is dead, and uh, it's the same thing every night. Uh, today, I don't want to bore anyone. I broke up. I woke up with extreme back pain. I might need a back replacement. I have no idea why, but it might be because Ethel was laying on me and I didn't realize it. Beverly Brannon, congratulations to you. My husband has been happily. She doesn't say <laughs> I love this. My husband has been happily married for 46 <laughs> years. I love that. Beverly, what about you? Um, yeah. 
uh, curious to know. So moving on here, we have 19 stories to get through. Scott has to be out of here uh, in exactly 37 minutes. So we're going to have to move quickly here. But uh, there is outrage in Long Island because Scott Duffy, Rex Hurman's wife, Ace Ellerith, is in fact getting paid seven figures by Peacock, which is owned by NBC, uh, the, the TV docuseries uh, production company. Shannon Gilbert, one of the victim's sisters, said she was disappointed, disgusted, flabbergasted. And this spread all the way to Albany, the state capital, where state senator Kevin Thomas says the amount of money that's being thrown here while victims' families get nothing is horrible. They're just exploiting their pain for profit. And what they're trying to do now, there's a law called the Son of Sam law. Uh, it's a decades old law. Son of Sam, of course, was, was an infamous serial killer in the 70s uh, in New York City. It was one of the scary. New York was a scary place back then. And he said that he was hearing voices in his head from his dog. That's why he killed these people. And uh, so there was a Son of Sam law instituted, which prohibited uh, killers like David Berkowitz, who is the son of Sam, from profiting off their crimes. The law eventually was ruled unconstitutional, Scott Duffy. It was amended, and victims now have to be notified of movies and book deals so that they can sue for the profits. But now, because of what happened in Long Island, they are trying to make it close that loophole so they just simply can't profit. Your thoughts, Scott Duffy. Yeah, this bothers me on quite a few different levels. It's, um, you know, what, why? It, and, and then, of course, I start to think, but it's all speculation about how quick they divorced. And was there a whole legal reason that because something like this was, um, was in the balance? It seems to have taken place rather quickly as opposed to you know, somebody reaching out and saying, we would love to throw money your way just to get your side of the story and follow you around. Okay, let me think about it and so forth. So I I do agree with um, with any of the victims that have a problem with this. This um, may, Maybe a couple of years down the road after everything's been adjudicated and whatnot, but, you know, it's you 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 can you can follow any one of the victims families just you know just to see what's what um how how they've agonized over the many many years of the unknown to to um to then having a victim identified and the family um at least know what 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 happened to their loved one and i could see so many different aspects to where some you know these families could receive some funding but um it, it, this bothers me it, it 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 always has once once uh this came out and as a rumor then then of course being verified so it's um i i will say this i feel for any family member of a suspect i do because i've seen it where family members are, um, you know, they, they, they are in a tremendous, um, position to now having to try to find whatever it is to, to, um, put pieces back together and whatnot. And you will see their tremendous, 
uh, support of victims. But but this is still very early and we don't know a lot and we don't know what's happening between the family dynamic. And so for for this to take place so quickly, I mean, this is really quick. Um, You know, I have a lot of questions for that. Yeah. Uh, PSS. I'm not going to I can never say it. Just join. Not sure what's happening on the screen, but I love Mr. Scott Duffy's holiday attire. Um, what's funny about this, I can't seem to get when I when I click it off. Usually it comes to back to the three of us and it's not going it's not happening. So maybe that is there it is. I was going to say maybe that's God's way of saying he wants me to keep these memes up. Um, the ones who message you are probably the criminals that that could. And look at this one. This is no truer statement has ever been said here on STS. If you're a true fan, you love the silly Friday banter. Yes, you do. Um, Phil Waters, your thoughts on profiting off of murder. A lot of these uh, criminals have done it in the past. Should they be able to, should they close this son of Sam loophole in the law? Well, you know, I, I find it detestable that somebody goes out, commits a horrific crime, and then profits from it. Now, I have seen the, I see that all the time in in what I do now, in that I work a lot of premise liability cases in which someone was, for the most part, they're either murdered, a sexual assault, or assaulted in some way on a piece of property. And then the, in the cases of murder, the family members sue the property owners claiming that they should have been able to foresee this occurring and that they were negligent in providing proper security that would have somehow prevented this event from occurring to their loved one. So they, in turn, are trying to profit off of the death, off of the murder of their loved ones. And I see it time and time again. And I find that as reprehensible as I do the person that commits a murder and then tries to profit off of it. I think trying to go after blood money after any kind of an event like that, I think, is disgusting, no matter on which side of it. It's being generated. So I I think there's some merit. And I guess if you're if you've got a libertarian bent to it, then the person that has been convicted, if if they are seeking to profit off of what they did, then they should be allowed to do that. Uh, If if you want to take the you know First Amendment, freedom of speech freedom of expression, that kind of thing. But sometimes you've got to do what's uh, what's right, not what's legal. And so there's a big difference between the two. So I think that that efforts to keep these people from making some sort of profit off of some horrific act that they committed upon another person, I think there's... Uh, I think there's some validity to that. Always a thoughtful response. Alicia Elliott with a super sticker. I find your show informative and enjoyable. By the way, you're not going to get two better investigators on any panel, anywhere, 
any time than America's most respected detective and Santa Claus. You will never find that anywhere else. Uh, don't change anything. We're not going to. Uh, Shaker Maker says uh, she's coming to us from Perth, Scotland. Uh, Scotland. Scotland. Yes. Um, Phil Waters, I actually, once again, I'm going to get yelled at for favoring you over Scott. It's like having brothers, but I purpose <laughs> this is this next story is actually horrific, but I bring it up because I think it takes Phil Waters and his uh, sort of paternal instincts. Um, I always say I would hate to be yelled at by Phil Waters if I was his son. This happens sadly, and it's going to happen again this holiday. A head-on crash killed four members of a Wisconsin family just days before Christmas. The Wapaka County Sheriff's Office identified the victims as driver Daniel Gonzalez. Daniel Gonzalez. Am I so what? I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. His brother Fabian, uh, their younger sisters Lillian, who was only 14, and Daniela, 19. A uh, nine, nine. I'm sorry. The youngest was nine. And the youngest or the middle, the 14 year old. She was a freshman in high school and wanted to become a teacher. While Daniela, the nine year old, was in fourth grade and wanted to become a cheerleader. The suspect in this case is a guy named Scott Farmer, 47 years old. He had an open bottle of vodka in his car and four prior convictions. Phil Waters. It's a time of celebration. It's a, it's a happy new year. It's a Merry Christmas. And you've got people always drinking and driving. I'm sure that you've been on the scene of these crimes. What is your best advice to people out there who can't seem to stay off the bottle and get behind the wheel? Because I can guarantee you this is not going to be the only headline we read like this. Well, it's not a question of my advice to these people. Look, this this. Uh driving drunk and and killing people was the was the person that caused this this farmer character was he injured in any way uh, as far as i know he was not and that always seems yeah. to be the case they always that's just right. walk away right that's right yeah. and uh, i have seen these scenes and they are always horrific and it it just goes back to people that do not make good decisions about their own personal conduct. And you can apply this to anything. So this particular person's, for lack of a better term, his weapon was a bottle of vodka in that vehicle that he got into drunk. So again, it goes back to the source of the problem, which is the person who is committing the crime. And that's why we have laws. This guy, did you just say he had five previous convictions? Four previous convictions. Four previous DUI. convictions. So yeah. in Texas, if you have three, that's a felony. Hmm. And I would be curious to see how much time he has spent. You said he's 47 years old? I think. 47, yes, sir. So I would be curious over time what the what the time frame is in which he has been arrested for these DWIs and how much time he actually served. I'm sure he's been through all kinds of programs to help him get past his problem, but obviously 
he's not past it. He continues to be to reoffend over and over again. So what do you do with people like this? This guy's been given four chances to get his act together. And now this one has cost the lives of a, of a beautiful family. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it goes back to, to where does the problem start? Well, it starts with the heart and the head. And we have people out here that are just not going to make good decisions about their conduct. And he's one of them. And this is typical um, that, that he involves himself in this. I'm not even, even going to call it an accident. This isn't, even, this isn't an accident. This is a, a purposeful event. And he, he walks away from it after destroying a family and all the ripple effect that that's going to have on that family. So, you know, I, we've got all sorts of laws. And the problem is that laws are reactive. Very few laws are, when they're, when they're implemented, they're supposed to be implemented to be preventative. That people will see there's a law against doing this, therefore, don't go do that because you're going to be held accountable in some way. And there are people out there, we call them criminals, they do <laughs> not follow the law. So you can, you can implement as many laws as you want for every little thing on the planet, even, in the, even if we look at the laws um, regarding homicides, murders. There's different levels of those of the of homicides in the law. And so each one of those has to be addressed in terms of what were the circumstances under which this particular homicide occurred. So we're going to charge capital murder, we're going to charge a murder, we're going to charge a manslaughter, criminal negligent homicide. I mean, there's and, and I'm talking about laws in Texas. So there's a variety of different laws that have certain levels of application depending on the circumstances of the crime. And those laws are put into place, the death penalty for crying out loud. That's put in there as some sort of a preventative. But I will tell you, I don't care if you put a cop on every corner in the United States, you ban Every kind of weapon, whether it's a gun or a knife or a baseball bat, whatever can be construed as a weapon, if a person is determined to go and murder someone, to take their life for whatever reason, I'm telling you, they will do it. They will find a way to do it. So, uh, again, I'm going to go back to my original statement. These are problems of the heart and the head, not a problem of the law. Uh, good to see Michael Couture. At uh, one point, we butted heads a little bit, but I love this guy. Happy holidays. Missed a Friday show for a bit, but I'm glad to see you guys still going strong. There you go. He's here. Uh, Chelsea Whitaker, longtime friend of the show. Is this a new studio? Jennifer Hawk, also a longtime friend of the show. Love the backdrop, Joel. Thank you so much. A, a work in progress. I, By the way, I only debut new sets with Bill and Scott. There should be at least 17 of these in 2024. Um, we'll have to check it out. Uh, 
I don't know what this comment is. So um, we have about eight minutes till there's 15 minutes left in the show, if that makes sense. I would love to get to the rest of these stories. And the last 15 minutes, since it is Christmas upon us and New Year's, I think we should have STS Nation put the big triple Q in there and have questions for Phil, Phil and or Scott or tell us what you're doing for the holidays. And we'll have Phil and Scott uh, respond to that. Uh, this is a feel good story, sort of, Scott Duffy. The longest-serving, wrongly imprisoned U.S. inmate was freed uh, this past week. He was in prison for 48 years. He was just exonerated. He was sent to prison in 1974. Think about that. In That's before the Son of Sam. In 1974 for murder. Spent 48 years, one month, and 18 days in prison. And you know what he said? Uh, what's his name, by the way? His name is uh, Glenn and it's spelled G-L-Y-N-N, Glenn Simmons. And uh, after 48 years behind bars, and he was on death row for two and a half years, he says, it's a lesson in resilience and tenacity. Don't let nobody tell you that it, meaning exoneration, can happen because it really can. Uh, Scott Duffy, what about this? There are people, you know, everyone claims innocence in prison, but then there are people who are truly innocent. This guy spent 48 years. Can he ever... Is, was his life taken from him, do you think? Yeah, you know, and, and hearing these stories, you really get a good sense of just how important and how weighty the position of law enforcement and prosecution are, right? It really puts a lot on you to make sure you follow the evidence, you present the evidence, and then allow a jury to to make a a um, a well thought out educated decision when you have one of those pieces missing whether you have maliciousness or whatever going back and and I think we have changed I think the justice system is not perfect it's never been perfect but it there there are times when wrong things are done and I don't know if this if there was as I imagine, probably DNA exonerated this individual. And, um, and I don't know what, what the evidence was at the time that it was presented, but, you know, and, and then to have somebody who is, you know what, Scott, it was, it was actually not DNA. Cause I was wondering the same thing. It was vacated. The, by the way, uh, Phil, this is Oklahoma County, uh, I assume that is in Oklahoma. Maybe it's not, but it's Oklahoma County. Uh, the judge said that Simmons was never given a fair trial because not all available materials were shared with his defense team. That was the reasoning. Mm. Yeah. So well, that's okay. a Brady. That's a Brady violation. So yeah, uh, it, yeah. It, they weren't given exculpatory evidence. I'm just. I guess the thing that's surprising that's how long do you say it's taken? Forty something years. Forty eight years. Forty eight years. That's uh, that's quite a battle. And if 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 it turns out that he is the wrong guy, my my curiosity is: do they have a a viable suspect? Yeah. By the way, um, he is. Uh, he has started a GoFundMe, and he says it's for. He plans to use the funds to quote unquote live now. He says, I want to get my own place, clothes, furniture, transportation. I'm 70, year, 70 years old. I plan to use my remaining time to help others who are still stuck 
where I was. We need to fix this system so that what happened to me will never happen to anyone else ever again. His lawyer, Joe Norwood, told the newspaper that Simmons could receive up to blank in compensation for his time behind bars. What do you think the state is going to pay him, Phil Waters, if you had to take a wild guess? Well, I know in Texas, uh, we, we already just talked, I just talked about something like this, uh, you know, absolute uh, innocence. And so that's what sounds like has happened here. You've been exonerated. And I think in, uh, in Texas, it's a, it's a million bucks. Uh, I don't know what it is in Oklahoma, but I would imagine that since he has been exonerated, which to me would be the same equivalent as absolute innocence, that the state has some sort of uh, compensatory damages that they're going to pay him for being incarcerated for 48 years. And they they may figure that up. It may not be just a flat million bucks. It may be figured on some sort of a uh, graduated, you know, basis. But uh, I would suspect that he, he sh- that if, if what we're hearing is true and he's exonerated, absolute innocence, there is another viable suspect. And that really doesn't even make any difference. But uh, under these circumstances, he should receive enough compensation that he would have acquired or has lost over the last 48 years that he's been in prison, wrongfully in prison. So uh, I think he's under what we know and what what you've just shared with us, Joel, I think he's due uh, whatever that maximum is. By the way, uh, legal minded right here says in South, I like in South Africa, they do random stops. They do those here. They'll have DUI patrols out there stopping people. Scott Duffy, you care to, Take a guess, a wild guess at how much this guy is going to get paid for being incarcerated 48 years. Um, I, I would think I'll, I'll throw a number and, and this is just I would say uh, in the in the realm of five to eight million. I think you're both going to be stunned when I reveal the answer right now, because I my jaw dropped and hit the desk. A hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. A hundred and seven. You can't even buy one of Phil's Ferraris with that money. No. Can't even buy what? I mean, he's going to have. I mean, this guy needs to sue uh, the state and win like 50 million. That's what I say. Well, I don't know that he needs to win 50 million. But yeah, if that's what the state allows, then were it me. I would get me a, a, I'd find me a good attorney and we'd have to go after the state. They've got to compensate more than them. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know what this guy did for a living before he was convicted and so forth and so on. But, uh, that's, that's almost an insult. Hmm. Um, two final, very quick stories to get your, uh, take on. I'll toss this one to Scott Duffy. Um, this really rubbed me the wrong way. Some some thieves stole 12 French bulldogs from a pet store in Gardena, California, valued at $100,000. They pulled up a van um, and they took these puppies, Scott Duffy, and they threw them into the van as though they were stuffed animals. No regard for their life. Uh, Andre Andres Avalos, the store's owner, said the suspects stole, stole 12 French bulldogs including a 10-month-old show dog. 
and I love this dog's name. It's Rolex, but it's spelled R-O-L-L space capital X, Rolex, like the watch. And they also stole $2,000 from the cash register at the store. They came into the front door. They kicked this door open. They turned the light on. They grabbed the dogs and they took off. Scott Duffy, if you're investigating this, what is the first step to getting these French bulldogs back? Two years ago, by the way, they tried to steal Lady Gaga's French bulldogs and shot the dog walker. But Scott Duffy, if you were on this case, they called the FBI out for this. 12 French bulldogs stolen. Where do you start? And is it your belief that they will find these dogs? Hmm. So I would ask if these dogs were chipped, that would be a good start. That give you some idea hmm. of, um, you know, just like uh, if a diamond is taken, is the diamond serialized or is it not? And so thereby it may not be quick, but at least you have some eventual somewhere along the line, a dog, um, is going to be sold and then make its way to a good owner who's unsuspecting that it's a stolen dog. Bring the dog into the vet. They will be, they'll test the chip and then realize, aha, your dog is stolen. So, you know, there's the, the idea would be to see what in fact, um, you know, are there identifying marks if there's not a chip uh, to be able to say, okay, this is without a doubt, one of the dogs stolen. And um, so I would begin there. Of course, my, my, uh, my pearl ran away a couple of mornings ago. So then there was the good old fashioned yell her name, grab a bone, see if she comes right back to the doorstep. <laughs> mm. uh, angers me that they would do this. Uh, the final story of the day goes to Phil Waters, and then we'll take uh, questions from STS Nation. Following a sting operation at a Los Angeles area apartment complex, Christopher Santa Claus Kringle, Phil Waters, was taken into custody by FBI agents, Scott Duffy's old uh, agency. Uh, Santa Claus is currently being held at the L.A. Metro Police Department pending delivery of approximately 132 million total charges of breaking and entering in homes and businesses across the globe. Michael Cortan, assistant director for the FBI's Office of Public Affairs, gave a brief brief statement to the press about the arrest. He says the bureau has been monitoring Mr. Kringle's activities for the last 10 years. However, due to his elusiveness and a seemingly uncanny ability to ascend and descend into homes through a chimney or climate system had made setting up sting operations almost impossible. We also had to account for his speed due to the nature of his work. We had a window of approximately eight one hundred thousandths of a second to identify, isolate, and detain the suspect. Are you impressed with the FBI's work here in getting Santa Claus? Uh, no, I'm not. I think the FBI has created another problem for themselves. <laughs> Scott Duffy, this is your old agency. Uh, real quickly, Scott Duffy, there's more to this story. For this operation, we utilize the services of the Central Intelligence Agency, MI6 out of Britain, AISE, ACE, I guess, out of Italy, and the ASIO from Australia. By coordinating with these agencies over the last several months, we were able to execute a plan of action that gave us several optimal opportunities to locate and detain Santa Claus. Agents from the FBI, NCIA, and the Houston Police Department, I just added that, were able to successfully complete the operation at a home in Los Angeles early Christmas morning. Does it sadden you that they have finally gotten Santa Claus on breaking and entering 132 million counts? Yeah, I, I think Santa Claus has a good case. I think this is going to be a, um, 
a no bill quickly. If if they try to indict Santa Claus, not it's it, you're you're not going to find you're not going to find a jury to be able to do it. So it's it's a temporary setback. He has a few days left, no doubt. Christmas Eve, he's out. No judge is going to hold him. I love it. There you go. I want to hear the recordings between the lead agents. There, so do so do I. There you That's go. That's what I want to hear. Scott Duffy, I never heard this expression, but I, I had Jennifer Koffendoffer, former FBI agent and SWAT officer in the FBI. She did Surviving My Biggest Case. She talked about a case in Houston, Phil Waters, called Los Tios in the 90s. It was to get two humongous Colombian cartel drug dealers who drug lords and they eventually got them but she said i got the ticket that's like an fbi thing when you get the ticket for the case so uh, i never knew that do you use that lingo scott is that something you guys say i got the ticket no, i uh she, i wonder if if um i'm not quite sure what she means by that but i wonder if she if she was working um on call that week you know so it, we all share calls and <clears throat> And sometimes it, I will cherry pick a call if I was on, on call, and and then I see a case that's going to go to the supervisor. I'd be like, hmm, that looks like a good one. I'll just keep that out. Hmm, there you go. You took your own ticket. Here we go. Last ten minutes, nine minutes and change. Questions for Phil and Scott. Phil and Scott. Phil, first, what do you want from Santa? I have uh, I have more than I need. So whatever it would be that. Santa would uh, see fit for me. I would. I would uh, suggest that he. <laughs> okay. Um, I. I would suggest that he pass that on to someone that is in uh, in greater need than I am. Certainly. Very nice, Phil. Um, look at this. It says, "Ho ho, hope your panties aren't on a wad this Christmas." <laughs> and your knee looks. Wow, fancy. that's. Uh, gosh, it's hard. That's hard to look at. Bill, your knee looks perfect there. McSpunky, thank you for uh, for uh, donating another membership. Uh, you are the uh, membership master here. Uh, Lindsay Shea, friend of the show. Scott Duffy, who's the hardest person to shop for on your list? Keep the mm. questions coming. Mm. I I would say the one who doesn't have a list. You know, there's always one who waits and waits and waits. It makes it tough. Um, when they were younger, it was easy. I can go out and I pretty much know what they want. As they get older and they're not letting me know what's on their list, it's, it becomes a guessing game. Mm. Uh, Phil, uh, uh, Scott, this one's for you. Not really. Ho- oh, the other, the other one, Phil, you answer that. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, do you think? I think it is. Yes, I think in every way yeah. it's it's at Christmas. I think it was released at Christmas. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. You bet. Oh, that's, oh, oh. that's Marie P. asking that. Now, Brianna has a more serious question, Scott Duffy. The FBI, the CIA, or the DOG, DOJ, which is better? Which is the best? <laughs> well, Phil's laughing at all of them. Phil's making fun of all of them. So the the, the Department of Justice is like the the the... I would say between the FBI and the CIA, one one in Intel, one one a I would absolutely say FBI. Hmm. Uh, Dreamscape. Speaking of Die Hard, Phil, what is your favorite Christmas movie? And this has a U in it, meaning it's coming from Canada, or Europe, or Australia. 
Holy cow. I would I would say it's a wonderful life. Mm. It's a wonderful life. There you go. With Jimmy uh, Stewart. Yeah. Scott Duffy, um, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, I wouldn't know what else to uh, ask. Send, get me questions in here, STS Nation. This is this is uh, you've got uh, it's you've got anything you can ask um, both Phil and Scott right now. But uh, Scott, your favorite Christmas movie? Do you have one? So I, I I enjoy watching year after year two of them. You know there there's a there's more, but uh, Christmas Vacation always gets me, and then um, you know the uh, was it the National Lampoon Vacation Christmas, and then. <laughs> Um, I do like a Christmas story. Mm. Mm. Uh, Ruthless says that all these memes are very disturbing. Uh, very, mm. I don't know what she's talking about. Uh, is that a, like a ukulele right there? What is that? That's so, what it looks like. Yeah. Well, Hawaii, it's Hawaii. Well, it's you're wearing, you, you know, I didn't you even realize there's so much going on. I didn't even realize you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt there. Cause I was just staring at your knees. Yeah. To make sure okay. And in Hawaii, instead of Merry Christmas, it's Mele Kaliki Maka. There you go. Say that again. Mele Kaliki Maka. Mele Kaliki Maka. In fact, there's a song. Yeah. Mele Kaliki Maka is the way to be. Yeah. By the so, way, yeah. uh, Israel, whatever his name is. I, every time that guy, you know, sings. I I weep. That guy's got one of the most beautiful voices. Israel, whose last name I cannot pronounce. Um, Don, hold uh, hold on a sec here. PSS is back. Scott, does the FBI need an orthopedic surgeon? PSS, my back is about to break. Any advice? But uh, what about the FBI? Do they need an orthopedic surgeon? Absolutely, and the uh, the FBI does have, and so I would absolutely tell the doctor to offer services that. Um, the FBI does have regional uh, doctors mm. that they partner with. Um, in in so absolutely, uh, who I, I I would not have known that. Uh, Slackjaw is Phil undercover. Looks like he are you currently on a stakeout, Phil Waters? You talking about right now? As I sit in the bunker? No. Yes. <laughs> no, you're not. Okay. Uh, Don Hoger, real quick. What do you both leave for Santa? What do you leave for Santa, if anything, Phil Waters? Well, um, I mean, we used to leave uh, homemade chocolate chip cookies. Mm. That's awesome. I wish you and left a some glass of me. milk, by the way. Uh, yeah, I wish you left some for me. What's your favorite Christmas memories that you both have had in your lives? Uh, Scott mm. Duffy, what is a memory, mm. Christmas memory mm. that stands out? Uh, you know what, there, there, there was, there was this one police set that I saw and, uh, it, it, it was probably in my five, six, seven range. And, um, and so I can, I, I can see it this morning. It arrived under my Christmas tree. It's exactly what I wanted. It was a huge police set, like everything you can imagine. And, uh. What does I'm that mean? It. What What does that mean? A police set? Like, you know, that mean it, 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 it had everything from the uniform, gun, every, everything that a police officer needs. And this is was, something you got in the past or this year? Yeah, just just this morning. Yeah, it's probably five, six, seven years old. It was in that range, and and then, um, you know, we had this old 
artificial Christmas tree that we uh, we put up. So that, but that that particular Christmas morning was really seems to stand out. Scott, I can't get over how beautiful you you look here. You look so beautiful, and I keep forgetting that I'm in this. I'm I'm your child. Um, Kathy P, what is Scott and Phil's? What's your favorite family tradition, uh, Phil Waters? Do you have one? Well, I mean, the kids are 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 gone, so now I guess the tradition is is gathering as much of them, as many of them together as we can. We kind of did that at Thanksgiving this year. Last year we were here for everybody was here for for Christmas. Um, so I think now just the gathering and the uh, the tradition of watching our grandchildren now uh, open their gifts and and uh, just enjoying that time of fellowship with our family um, on the uh, the season of uh, Christ's birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at this. Uh, worst Christmas gift you ever received, Scott Duffy. And then this is the Hawaiian Merry Christmas. Mele Kali Kama, whatever it is. Scott Duffy, worst gift you've ever gotten. Hmm. You know what? I One doesn't come to mind. I really, I, I, uh, I don't remember anything that, I don't really remember anything that is like, ah, that's not something. But I will say this, and if, if you remember, is um another great thing Christmas after Christmas was receiving these um in our stocking the uh flavored peanut butter and it was like uh a couple of years where they had every imaginable flavor of a peanut butter hmm. that's uh I like great. peanut butter a question for Phil Brussels sprouts or no do you like Brussels sprouts Phil no I don't. Uh, I don't put anything in my mouth that tastes like dirt. Mm. There you go. Look at this. Did you know how much Joel Carm, Coe, Phil, and Scott are appreciated? Your lives make my day. That's very kind of you. Very sweet. Very uh, nice. These, these two guys. Look at this. The Coe. Anyone want a boxer for Christmas? Joel, your beloved Ethel tore up the artificial grass. <laughs> what dogs do. Uh, that grass cost a lot of money. You better rein her in, bugs. Rein her in. Uh, so I'm as you're going through this, I'm just going to I'm going to try to get Chi-Chi on camera. Oh, 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 please do that. Yes, please. Uh Scott, uh Phil then, your guy's favorite Christmas song. Your favorite Christmas song. We'll go a few minutes here until Phil tells me to shut the, you know, up. But uh Phil, your favorite Christmas song. Different than movie. Oh, holy night. Mm, it's a beautiful it is a beautiful song. Look, there he is get him on dude needs to go on a diet what's that little guy weigh 90 pounds oh my gosh uh, mm. uh maybe, show maybe, us your chi-chi scott um, maybe a pound <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you could just about make a, a shawl out of him huh this yeah. is a, a serious question. We'll send that to Phil. He's more a serious guy. Uh, did the FBI, uh, Scott's agency, fail John Benet Ramsey? Oh, I think a whole lot of combined uh, law enforcement failures in that particular investigation. A bunch. I don't know anybody corners the market on it. 
Uh, Phil Waters, look at this question. Out of the blue from Darlene, maybe her husband's up to no good. What is the average cost of a private investigator? I'm in upstate New York, like the Canadian border. Great show today. I appreciate your all work. Shout out to the Canadian border. How cold is it up there, Darlene? Uh, is there an average cost? Well, I don't know, because it would, it would be different for each different I area, really state, and so forth and so on. I know in the Houston area, it can range anywhere depending on from uh 75 to 150 bucks an hour uh, in my particular case i have different rates different fees for different types of investigations mm. so i have a, a range of uh, costs and i i require retainers on a lot of them so it's i can tell you it's not cheap um in fact my wife jokes that we we couldn't even afford me but, By the uh, way, uh, Phil only charges in Ferraris. That's the only way to get Phil. He's the only private investigator in the nation. You have to pay in Ferraris or Ferrari parts. Uh, you must give him a. Does a Ferrari have a muffler, Phil? Wouldn't even know. Oh yeah, sure, sure they okay. do. But uh, in fact, my 360's got a Capristo exhaust mm. system on it, which is a little bit beefier, uh, more of an F1 sound coming out of it. So, uh, Scott oh, Duffy, yeah. have you ever heard of that? A Capristo, Scott Duffy? Have you Capristo, ever heard of that? Capristo, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Look at Chi-Chi, yeah. how cute. Chi-Chi is very... But now, again, Scott, if you let him down, he's running for the, inside the walls. That's his... Yeah, I mean, he'll 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 definitely... Uh, he's, trying to he's, see if I can get him. he's trying to find a way out right now. Yeah, yeah. He is. Um, you got, if you were police and he was a suspect, you'd both be very nervous. You'd be, it'd be a takedown uh, right now. Um, Phil, Christmas yes. breakfast or dinner? What do you prefer? We actually do kind of the middle of the afternoon. Uh, my wife makes uh, makes gumbo and uh, etouffee. She's uh, she's from Louisiana, so she's her gumbo is the only gumbo that I will eat. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's a family gathering and at uh, my youngest daughter's home and she mixes up the gumbo and all that good stuff and um yeah so we kind of have it you know three four o'clock in the afternoon i have to go back to phil on this because i'm going to rephrase this question from pharaoh gamma does phil consider santi coming down the chimney an intruder and fair game would would he stare down the barrel of your 45 phil if he came in through the chimney well, I think I would have enough uh, intelligence information to recognize that that person is is not uh, have any harmful intent. That they are there for the best reasons possible, which is to give gifts. Uh, this is I can't say the last name. Favorite cookie, Scott, but here from Catherine in Hawaii, Israel. I can't say his last name. The sweetest voice. There it is. Oh, that's that's uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you, Catherine. Merry Christmas. I'm not even going to try to say it. I'll let uh, Phil say it. Um, Scott Duffy, your favorite kind of cookie. That's where we left off. A few more, and yeah. then we'll let these gentlemen go. Uh, they have things to do. Yeah. Uh, like a chocolate chip peanut butter cookie. Mm, chocolate um, chip peanut butter chip. thousand percent. What's your favorite Christmas carol, Phil Waters? Well, I think I already answered that. Uh, oh, holy night. I like, uh, I like Joy to the World and the... Uh, story behind it so yeah there's a I, I really like i like silent night i i do i do enjoy christmas carols uh by the way prior to a couple of weeks ago when i'm back on a health kick i was eating um my hagen -Dazs. 
and I would take a spoonful of Nutella and then take a spoonful of ice cream. Um, and I was doing that pretty much every night for a while. Uh, I have to stand up and say that I'm an addict, a sugar addict, and I can't control myself. And so I am trying to stay away from the sugar. Uh, that's my Christmas made, Scott. That's because you have uh, Chi-Chi there in your arms. You've made a person's Christmas. Let's get one more. Uh, what are your plans, by the way, as we round this out? Scott Duffy, you first. What are uh, what are the plans the next couple of days? It's a festive time of year. I assume the family is in. Uh, what do you do for Christmas Eve? What's happening Christmas Day? Fill us in on the Duffy tradition here. Yeah, so Christmas Eve will be uh, we'll probably head to either the six or there's a couple of different masses. Thank you, Dom's mom. We'll head to Christmas Eve mass, and um, and then Christmas Day will be cooking. My my uh, younger brother and his girls will be popping over, and probably mid late afternoon. So we're just, it's just a nice chill eating, enjoying family and that kind of Christmas. Phil, this is an interesting question from uh, Vanilla Rose. Any interesting situations which happened while on duty over Christmas, maybe back in your narcotics days, did you used to ever work on Christmas day? Well, there were many times where I worked on Christmas day. I guess the only one that comes to mind is I remember on one particular Christmas working a homicide and uh, just standing out there at the scene, thinking about the season and the day and, and um, who murders someone on Christmas, Phil Waters. Well, somebody who's got a black heart, but uh, yeah. So that was, in fact, I think I even posted something to my uh, LinkedIn page when that occurred, I just, caused me i was just remember standing out there in the cold and reflecting on what i was looking at on the uh the day of the uh the greatest gift of mankind was given so um yeah that was kind of a caused me to pause for a moment andy school we need to ask harm about joel as a baby his temperament it's kind of funny because my boy is a lot like me um Let's put it this way. Grandma Carm took the last bite of J-Mac's ice cream sandwich last night. They were over grandma's. He wasn't having it. He went completely insane and made grandma go down to the little store and get him another one. So uh, slightly OCD. Did not like grandma taking that last bite. Never seen Carm apologize as much. Um, so you can. And by the way, the reason I bring this up, we're doing a live christmas show on christmas day 2 p.m you can ask harm anything andy school what is scott holding uh that is what you would call an overweight rodent correct scott duffy <laughs> that would be yeah chinchilla so there you go chi chi is a chinchilla. very gentle very beautiful creature actually a beautiful creature um Scott Duffy, do you think that chi-chi has emotions maybe not to the degree that us humans but do you think he loves you do you think he feels that kind of energy, that kind of feeling towards you? Absolutely. He's he's very he's got a lot of personality. So um, he'll he'll grab the uh, the bars of his prison, <laughs> and um, you know he's he's um, loves to eat, loves to be pet. He's just 
but he doesn't, he will not stand still. Mm. Uh, so I'll wind up with this final question on this Christmas holiday. Look at this. <laughs> this one I didn't see. This must be a new one from the, uh, look at me. Look how strong I am. I'm able to hold both Phil and Scott. Um, I'm a real man there. Look at that. It I like, like my idea. The pigtails. Yeah. And I love your pigtails and it looks like you're trying to get away. <laughs> he looks kind of like Chi Chi. This came in from shoe designer Reed Rivez. By the way, best shoes I've ever had. I cannot wear. I'm wearing them on my book tour. Book's going to be uh, available for pre-order in the second week of January, from what I'm hearing. And I've got to get this publisher scared. They only print 2,000 copies to begin with. I want this guy to freak out. So uh, everyone prepare yourselves. Um, my final question, I forgot because of this, in case we don't see Phil and Scott before the 25th, a very blessed Christmas to both of you and your families. Uh, Scott Duffy, what are you most grateful for this Christmas holiday? Let's end it that way. Um, I am most grateful for the family and life that I have. And I, when, when there's a, a temptation to complain, I realize how much I have and and how much this world is in need of so much love. So it is a time for me to be reminded of of um, the many, many blessings that that the good Lord has showered upon me and my family and extended family and friends. So it's just just uh, being grateful for that and and saying it outwardly. Uh, where does one buy a chinchilla? Great question, mm. Scott Duffy. Where do you buy one? Where do you get one? You know there there are there are breeders out there, whatever you want to call them. But mm. we found ours was actually a rescue from our local PetSmart. Mm. Look at that. Uh, I have to. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this. Then we'll get uh, Scott's uh, Phil's final take. Scott, out of this one, this one, this is my personal favorite, this one, and this one, which is your favorite? Uh, the one with Phil and the uh, ukulele. <laughs> um, Phil Waters, what are you most grateful for besides having a ukulele uh, on this Christmas? Well, I am most grateful for the fact that uh, Christmas is the season in which we celebrate the the birth of our savior and i would just uh you know the the good lord sent him in human form to operate among us lord and and uh operate among us and and uh know what uh experience the things that we're all experience and he was fully man and fully god and if not for his birth, there would have been no crucifixion. There would have been no cross. There would have been no salvation. So I am most, most grateful for that. And, and, um, and I would just remind folks that while Christ's birth as a baby takes place, uh, he was not born then as Christ. He's always been in existence. And uh, the Bible tells us that. And, uh, you know, John 1, in the beginning, the Word was already in existence, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He existed in the beginning with God. So uh, He's always been here, 
and um, you know the the good Lord decided that we can't get out of this uh, on our own. So he he gave his son and and uh, as this gift at this time. And so I just uh, whether you believe or not, that's the fact. That's the truth. And um, he's there for everyone. And uh, that gift is is uh, for everyone. And so the, that's what I'm most grateful for. And then the things that, that Scott's talked about that, that just happened after that, uh, my family, I'm grateful for this country. I'm grateful for our uh, Marines, our servicemen and women that serve uh, 24-7, especially through the holidays, our law enforcement, first responders. They're going to be out there working, protecting folks uh, from the evildoers that lie in wait to do harm. Uh, there's a lot to be grateful for. And um, I think uh, people need to look at, at what they have more than what they don't have. And uh, we are the greatest nation on the face of the earth that's ever been brought forth. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for our founding fathers that put together this interesting experiment uh, based on a belief in God and Judeo-Christian values. And uh, while we have slipped up many, many times over history, we're the only country on the face of the planet that has ever corrected those wrongs and made it a better and a stronger nation. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot to be grateful for. And I could go on and on and I won't, but, um, I'm grateful for, for you guys, uh, the friendship that we've uh, developed and the fellowship that we have every Friday and, uh, in other, in other venues. I'm, um, grateful for these folks that they, they want to spend their time with us on these Fridays. So, I'm grateful for that. Even the haters, even the haters. I'm, I'm grateful for all, buddy, the, everybody that shows up and wants to participate in any any form or fashion. So uh, it's very humbling, and uh, so I just wish everybody a a merriest of Christmases. Remember why we're celebrating it, and that they would have a, a great time of fellowship with their friends and families. Uh, very beautifully said. Rachel is correct. I'm grateful I'm not in prison. Um, Phil, I have to ask you, is it this one? This one? This one? You're asking me if I have a favorite among yeah, these things? Yeah, this one. What I'm most concerned about is these things showing up in every facet of the interwebs. Someone <laughs> already asked that these people, we know we have a newsletter going out now. Someone oh, asked to put them in. Gosh. The COE will have to put them in there. By the way, I love this from Gen X Granny. Drop your extra cookies off to the fire department, police department, e EMS department. Those are the first responders. They're working. They are the Phil's and Scott's of the world that leave their families behind and uh, respond to horrible situations. I would like to do that. You know what? Someone at this um, thing that we that Ruth Markell spoke at gave me a couple of giant boxes of cookies. And since I'm cutting my sugar addiction down and I don't care about my kids eating that junk, maybe I'll take my kids and there's a firehouse not uh, far and we'll go bring it 
they will scream and yell and kick the whole way, but I got to teach these damn kids a lesson. So uh, that will be my gift to them for this holiday. Um, love you guys. Best guests, better community. I love STS Nation. We're going to be live on Christmas. Could not do any of this without you guys. Appreciate everything so much. And have a very Merry Christmas. Don't dare drink and drive. Love you, America. Love you, Santa Claus. Love you, all the continents on this globe. Here we go. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.